You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. As a society, we live in this anxiousness that there is always too much to do and not enough time to do it. You know, we look at time and go, oh, you know. And the reality is that this is the result of the cultural narrative that we live in and shaped by. We are presented with the message of the value, uh, that our value is proportionate to what we produce. That if I'm busy, therefore I'm important. I'm needed, I'm worthy. How many people feel this way in this room? That if you don't do anything, you don't feel value. So that's why you need to do something in order for you to feel uh, valued. You see, this lie tells us that if we work hard enough, then we will be rewarded of a feeling that um, feeling of rest at the end of the day. And this can look like, you know, you have this holiday. You're looking forward. Like two weeks holiday or a weekend out there or even you're looking forward for your retirement. So they can do what you want to do, right? And so, uh, I just can I just tell you, church, that I want you to know that the uh, that Satan, the enemy of Saul, his goal is to keep you busy. You know, so that you don't have time to slow down or reflect what God is doing in our midst. He will create good distractions for you to get busy so that you don't have time to connect with God in the morning or in the evening. And by the time you get home from work, you eat and then you rest a little bit and then you don't have time even to reflect on what God has done or commune with God or with your, spend time with your family. Maybe some of you, your excuse is, I'm too busy, Don. Because I need to provide for my family. Uh, we want to save a lot of money. And that's legitimate, but not a good excuse. You see, God has given us 24 hours in a day, right? Eight hours to work. Eight hours for pleasure. And eight hours to sleep. So the question is this, where is God included in those hours to connect with him so that we can find rest and learn from him? You know the word busy, you can uh, create like an acronym. <laughs> it says uh, B-U-S-Y, right? Being under Satan's yoke. When you find yourself too busy, this is what happens. So if you're not careful, you can fall into the trap of the enemy of business in life. You're thinking you're progressing and making things happen, but the reality is this. You don't have time to reflect and meditate whether God is in it or God is being glorified in the things that we do. Is it him? Or the flesh. But also, we need to learn to pause and learn to, and take a deep breath and rest. 
That is why the Lord Jesus has a better way and offering us this wonderful alternative, a better way in which we can live from a place of rest. To find our rest in the completion of Jesus' work and not ours. That's why a wonderful Jonathan, you know, led the communion. And your example is a beautiful example of finding our rest, not in our own effort, remembering what Jesus has done for us. So, can we just have a little fun this morning? Are you ready some fun a little bit? So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a what we call Harry sickness test. And I just want to encourage you to be honest. If this question you can relate, just raise your hand, okay? Or you can nod. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So number one question is this: Do you live with a daily sense that there is not enough time to get done everything you want to accomplish? Awesome, thank you for your honesty. Do you find yourself taking faster because there is no much, so much to say? Yeah? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I was talking to someone, go, I can't even budge in, you know. Uh, do, you, do you nod a lot when a person is uh, talking slowly in an effort to keep them moving along? Yeah? Awesome. <laughs> Next one. When people are talking too slowly, do you ever find yourself wanting, or oh, actually finishing their sentences? <laughs> Last one. Do you ever try and gauge which line at the grocery store will be quickest and get in that line? And if it turns out... You pick a slower lane. Does it bother you? You know, it happened to me three weeks ago. I was so annoyed at myself. I thought, oh, that's a kick's one. And then, the, and then the, the checkout, there's something wrong with the machine. And I got away. And all the people next line. Yeah, I go, oh. Anyway, so... I just want to say thank you for being a good sport. So wonderful. And so before we continue, why don't we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us? Let us bow and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for your unfailing love, your goodness, and your unlimited grace. We are truly thankful and grateful. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, we pray. And meet us where we are at. We are open and willing to surrender our lives to you. Give us a listening ears to hear. And we pray for breakthrough and restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. Which uh, literally means to stop, to cease. And stop working. Yep, there we go. Sabbath is simply a day to stop. You stop wanting, stop worrying, you stop producing, just stop, period. 
But also Sabbath rest is a 24-hour block time in which we need to stop and then enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate or worship God. An invitation where we can just enjoy God, living in the confidence we can rest because He's on the throne. And this practice helps us to find this type of rest that only Jesus can provide. Rest for our souls. Only Jesus can provide. And so here, the next thing is, is here's the uh, uh, key phrase, learning to rest in God's work, not our own. Isn't that freeing? That's why in Genesis it says, by the seventh day, God has finished the work he has been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Wow. Sometimes, you know, when you read this passage, it's quite humbling because it, church is reminding us that this, the God of the universe, after creating the world, he rested. Does God need to rest? No, but he did. Why? Because it is for our own good. See, when I look at my life, I think of how I'm prone to business. How I run from one thing to the next and another, and, and my mind is full of, uh, you know, things in my mind I want to do, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Never ending, folks. You know, many years ago, I don't like public holidays. I don't. Because in my mind, it will force me to stop working and my normal daily routine will come to an halt. And my work will be delayed and try to catch up the following day. I don't like it. How many can relate to that? <laughs> yep. If I'm not careful just to focus on this and that and that, and I don't have a rhythm of rest in my life. I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. God is clearly reminding us with this picture in the very beginning of the Bible of the value of rest. Church, the traditional Jewish Sabbath rest begins at sundown on Friday and ends at sundown Saturday. In most Christian tradition, we all know Sabbath is on Sunday. But the Apostle Paul considered one day for Sabbath as another day. We can see that in Romans and Galatians and Colossians. So the particular day of the week doesn't matter. What matters is to set aside 24-hour period and protect it. I like way Mala said this, to remember the Sabbath is not a burden requirement, 
but a, rather a rem, remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It is a reminder of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we unavoidably belong. Wow. In our church, all work, whether paid or unpaid, they're all good. But it needs to have these boundaries by the practice of Sabbath rest. The problem with too many of us is that we allow our work to trespass on every other area of life, disrupting the balance of rhythm of work and rest God created for us to enjoy. You know, I've been pastoring for more than 24 years now, but I found that long ago with other pastors how to avoid burnout. And maintain your physical and emotional and spiritual health serving the Lord. It seems a long time ago. But one thing that really hit me is that the importance of your weekly Sabbath rest. But also gain a new perspective on the importance of having a Sabbath rhythm. You know, from there on, I started taking day off. Sometimes I think I'm taking a day off, but when I'm home, I'm still thinking about my work. Sometimes I take my work home with me, and my family couldn't enjoy me because when I ask a question, I go, huh? You know, they can't, I can't enjoy them, they can't enjoy me. I seem like I wasn't there, and, and the hurtful thing is when your loved one's tell, telling you, you're here, but not you really here. It hurts. And so some of you already received the practice, transformation practice about rest. And so for a month, you can really, so many things here you can do, folks, to help you to find rest for your weary souls. So these practices are not religious matters, church. As a matter of fact, yeah, they're really, really good. And I'm, I'm practicing them every single day. It helps me to rest and to enjoy God and my family at the same time. Church, at the heart of this posture is surrender. I heard that in the worship team, but also in the communion. Surrendering to God's control, surrendering to God's sovereignty, and surrendering to God's grace and peace. And these practices allow us to be transformed by letting go of control. Did you hear me? Letting go of control and enjoying God's provision. I like the song during the communion. It really hit me right there. Giving all to God. That is why number one point is this. You need to get more sleep. How many people here didn't sleep well last night? <laughs> 
How many people here only slept maybe four, five, six hours? Mm. And so, you remember the um, commercial ads, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the mass commercial, mass bar commercials by Betty White? You're not yourself when you're hungry? <laughs> Have a look at these photos. You remember that? <laughs> And so to be honest with you folks, we live in this fast-paced world where everyone's obsessed with being productive, right? And sometimes sleeps open get pushed aside. Or some of the young adults, young people, they stay, my son, similar, you know? They stay late. Sometimes talk like in the morning. But the truth is this. You and I are not really yourself when you are sleep-deprived. Is that true? So, church, listen to me. Sleep is a gift from God. It is super important. A good sleep is not lazy and unproductive. It is actually transformative. Can you imagine when you sleep eight hours and you wake up in the morning and go, Wow, I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> so we don't, if we don't have enough sleep, we're not going to be at our best. Is that true? For many of us, a good night's sleep is about letting go of the things we can't control. And then in the morning, we were there to tackle them with God's help. Remember that. And so uh, think about how you can make sleep as a priority and figure out what's stopping you from having that rest you need. You know, according to Australian Bureau of Statistics, sleep is, is a fundamental biological need. Along with exercise and nutrition, it's formed the foundation of health and well-being. Here, here it is. There are three of them. Thank you so much. Number one is this. Inadequate sleep is prevalent in Australian society with estimates suggesting four in every ten Australians are regularly experiencing inadequate sleep. So, the, the ten of you there, four of you have inadequate sleep. And number two is this. <laughs> Can be caused by sleep disorder or by insufficient sleep due to lifestyle factors such as work patterns or the use of electronic media. Environmental factors such as noise or light may also contribute to insufficient sleep. But number three is more important because it's, it costs Australian economy so much. The impact of insufficient sleep includes increased risk of chronic diseases, impacts on mental health. Impaired judgment, increased risk of accidents, and reduced productivity. It's true, isn't it? That's why there's so many accidents happening every day. Because you can't judge where you're going when you don't have, you know, when you can't focus. And so $66.3 billion, folks, 
It's cost the Australian economy. If you only sleep eight hours a day, we can save all those money. Isn't that wonderful? So here's the question. Would you say you're living in a restful or restless state? And if the answer to me said to me, Don, I'm living a restless state, then you need to consider the second question. Here it is. What do you need to surrender in order to accept Jesus' rest? You need to let go. There's so many things you're doing. That is why Psalm 3, 5 says, I lay down and sleep. I wake again. Why? Because the Lord sustains me. Wow. I like Rich uh, Villadas says this. The Sabbath is not a reward, thank you, for hard work, but a reminder that our work will remain incomplete. It's a day that moves us from production to presence, reminding us that we are not God and pointing us to the deepest rest we need found in Christ. We can't find it in ourselves. That is why the second point I want to share with you, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. Church, this idea ties in closely with taking a stillness. Listening to the prompt of the Holy Spirit and actively ready to hear His voice. We can't do that unless we make room and slow down in our hearts and our minds so that it will impact us. So that we can concentrate on what God wants us to do. Slowing down or resting is not just about doing less. But it's all about prioritizing quality over quantity. It's about embracing a life where God is in control and we trust in his ability and purpose rather than, than de depending solely on our own. And we do that a lot sometimes. So slowing down is an excellent way to experience God's rest even when we are on the go. That is why the famous Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Another version says, Cease striving and know that I am God. God issues a command for all the people to be still and know that he is God. Because he knows we're restless people. Knowing God means acknowledging his mighty power and his ability to save us from whatever danger we're facing. However, we need to set aside, move aside, and let him take his rightful place as God. We're not God. We will never be like God. 
We want to be like Jesus, right? And so, can I just say this? In this world, we're going to face many insurmountable things. Things that we don't expect. That is why we need God in our lives. And learn from Him what rest is all about. You see, church, when we surrender to God, you know what happened? He takes charge of our situation. Because he's our refuge in times of troubles, and the one who keeps a Jew, our enemies, the, 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 the enemy of our souls, so that we can be still and know that he is in control. Being is more important than doing. Can we just have a look at that? Being is more important than doing. You probably say, what's that mean? Being with Jesus is more important than doing things for Jesus. Remember the Mary Martha situation? And Mary was honored by the Lord, and Mary was, and Martha was rebuked by the Lord. Because she was so busy doing things when she only needed to just sit down for a sec. And find rest in Jesus. And so, here's the question. What does it look like for you to practice slowing down? That is why the third point I want to share with you is you need to stop doing all things together. Slowing down is definitely a step in the right direction. But the ultimate way to acknowledge is that we are not in control and we can't make the world spin by occasionally stopping altogether. You see, taking time to stop engaging with our phones. How many here that can't put down your phone? That wherever you go, your phone is with you. Anyone's guilty here? <laughs> yes, so hot, isn't it? But we need to slow down. We need to remember that no matter what we do, we're not in control of our situation. God is. Tell yourself, I am not God, and I am not in control of my life, God is. Like I said before, Sabbath rest is first and foremost, right? Because that's where the Lord rested. You know, all work, like I said before, paid and unpaid are good. But on the Sabbath day, we embrace our limits. On the Sabbath day, we embrace our limits. We need to let go of these illusions that we are indispensable to the running of the world. We recognize we will never finish all our goals, our projects, and that God is on the throne. And listen, God is managing the world quite well without our help. That is why number four is you need to rest. I like 
the psalm says this, 116, return to your rest, my soul. Why? For the Lord has been good to you. Wow. You see, church, once we stop, we can accept God's invitation to rest. We can't do both. True? If God rested after he had created everything on the seventh day, why can't we follow the example? Even though we know that God never slumber nor sleep. He made that so that you and I can enjoy life to the full, but at the same time, we can enjoy Him. That is why in Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's an invitation. And in 1 Peter says, cast all, not some, your anxiety because he cares for you. Again, Jesus is saying to us, the best rest you can find is in me. You can't find somewhere else. And it is a wonderful thing. Jesus is saying, there's no big problem or surmount problem that I can't tackle. If you just give it to me, if it is like a mountain or a Goliath problem, I can deal with it. Because the battle belongs to me, Jesus said. It doesn't belong to you. And so I want you to remember this. Next thing, please. It says, trust God. That's what you need to do first. Obey Him and leave all the consequences to Him. Because He knows what's best for you and me. Like I said before, guys, uh, my Sabbath begins on Thursday night, 6 p.m. And ends Friday night, 6 p.m. You might ask me, what do, I, what do we do uh, during those times? I step back from all my responsibility at SEC. I don't take my work laptop with me. I don't respond emails. I don't, um, you know, respond texts or phone calls. If it is just a normal thing, if it is death and life, yes, I will situation but other than that I don't because I just want to protect that so that I can enjoy me being with my Lord you know the whole morning I just worship the Lord and then 12 o'clock I have lunch with my wife Friday it's so good and so, I love, during my Sabbath, I love doing painting. Folks, I love uh, gardening. I love uh, catching fish. Here's the photos of 
You know, on that left there, all right, that's my wife and my mother-in-law. I painted that in, when we were uh, 25 wedding anniversary, 2016. I showed that to my mother-in-law. She cried. And I love teaching there, God. So why do I do these things? God made us to be creative people. That's what he wants us to do. Drop your work and enjoy him and enjoy what he's given you. That is why the fifth point I want to share with you, you need to delight what's in front of you. How many people here says, I need to have some fun in my life? The reality, God's wants you to have more fun. How many enjoy here the minute you wake up in the morning, you have already, wow, Lord, that's, that's a beautiful day. Or you, when you wake up, you go, oh. What is that? You didn't clean that last night? Or you just said, thank you, Lord, for a brand new day. That is why in Genesis 1.31, this is what the Lord says, And God saw all that he had done, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was the morning, the sixth day. If God said it was very good when he saw what he had done, why can't we enjoy the same thing? It's good for our heart. It's good for our mind. You see, church, everything that you have and achieve, and what you have now is a gift from God, including your breath right now. Thank God for it. Whether it's a small thing that in front of you or a big thing, just be grateful and thankful. If you haven't learned to be grateful and thankful, I can I tell you right now, you cannot delight what's in front of you. You're always going to complain, like the Israelite. Oh, give, give us more meat. Oh, we're not enough. Money's not enough. Quail is not enough. So the word delight is this. What is delight to you? Delight says take great pleasure. Something that gives great pleasure or enjoyment. That is why in Psalm 37 says this, trust in the Lord. And do good, live in the land, and cultivate faithfulness. Hey, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. What a promise. Amen? So here's the question. How do you delight in the Lord, and what does it look like on a daily basis? See, church, when I wake up in the morning, my first thought is thanking Jesus for another day and uh, another opportunity to be his hands and feet. Seeking him for wisdom and guidance for every decision to make. Strengthening my intimacy with him by spending time with him in the morning 
and in the evening meditating his word and to remain faithful to him no matter what the cost. And I often say this to myself, the joy of the Lord is my delight and my strength. And every morning before I leave home, I say this in Psalm 19 verse 14, it says, May the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. And church, here's the key point here. You need to enjoy yourself doing these practices, otherwise it will be a waste of time. How many people here don't want to develop wrinkles here? You need to enjoy life. You need to smile more. Here, to develop an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving for what the Lord has done and is giving you is a good practice. See, when you develop these practices, you will look a lot younger. Better looking, isn't it? Why? Because you don't feel like you're carrying a heavy load on your shoulder. You're giving all to Jesus, right? Give it to Him. We're not God. That's why the last point I want to share with you, you need to contemplate or worship God. You see, Sabbath rest, of course, is the completion of God's work. Sabbath rest is always holy to the Lord. Remember that. And a lot of times, we keep forgetting it because pondering the love of God remains as the central focus of our Sabbath rest. That is why in Exodus 28 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I like that. The opening, remember. <laughs> you know why God says remember? Because we are forgetful people. <laughs> How many here remember last week's sermon? Oh, one or two. Awesome. Can you tell me two points? Awesome. How good is that? You know, God says, remember. Oh, I like that one. It says, be still and know that I am God. You see, as human beings, we are prone to forgetfulness. That is why God says, remember. Treat your Sabbath rest as holy to the Lord. Like I said, folks, when I spent my Sabbath day, I spent the half day just praising the Lord, worshiping Him. I want to show you this photo. This is where I do my prayer mountain. Once a fortnight, just behind my house, you can see that mountain, and I just spend time with the Lord there. No distraction. But the good thing is, is, is you can enjoy God's creation. And you can enjoy him, just you and God. You know, it's really, really good for your soul when you practice those things. 
If you don't have a prayer mountain, just go somewhere where it's just you and God. And then you find that there's so much peace within you. Because you're not in control. You're allowing God to be the one who is in control of your life. You see, church, our postures to his goodness and faithfulness, faithfulness is to be worship. Worshipful heart. Because he deserves it, right? He deserves all the praise, all the glory. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so in our closing, I don't know about you, maybe some of you today, you just need the word rest because your soul is in turmoil. And here's the four questions to consider, and then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to hover back to Jonathan. Number one is this, what does it look like for you to practice slowing down? And then the second question is, what do you need to surrender in order to accept Jesus' rest? You've got to pick some. How do you delight in the Lord and what does it look like on a daily basis? And then here's the invitation. Jesus is saying to you right now, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give rest for your soul. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful for this wonderful day you've given us. Thank you for reminding us that we can only find true rest in you, Jesus, when we surrender all the things that we are worried about. Whether it's a relationship, financial, health issues, Lord, today we surrender to you, Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.